are men who are exceptional uncles, but do not even remember Aunt May. There are men who know when it's quitting time, but not when it's clobbering time. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Boston. Two men who should have better things to do, but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grown-Ass Men. Grown-Ass Men. That's right. And we have a special episode, because we're going to discuss the Fantastic Four, in particular, issues 48 through 50. Really, it's just going to be an episode where we gush about how wonderful Kirby and Stan Lee were when they were creating the Fantastic Four and all their characters. I remember um, I used to buy uh, old issues at English Town Flea Market when I was really young. It was mm-hmm. very exciting. And the first one I bought was like Fantastic Four, like 33 or 34, which is like Gorgon's first appearance. Okay. And I just remember when he handed me that book, I knew it was old. It's uh-huh. like, said 12 pop art, 12, 12 cents. cents. I was like, wow. Who took over after Kirby? Um, Fantastic. Was it John Basima? Joe Sinnott seemed to ink it. He continually inked it, and it keeps that thread of looking the thing is a certain way. He has yeah. a certain look to him. Yeah. You know, Vince Coletta does the early issues in the 40s, the early 40s, and it looks like the old era of Marvel. Yeah. And you could see it transform, which I guess is appropriate because you're getting these major characters that are really redefining the whole Marvel Universe. Silver Surfer and Galactus. The Watcher, he comes in beforehand, but like... Yeah, they say that a hero is only as good as the villains. And there's no character or comic book that had better villains, I don't think. Except maybe Spider-Man that had the Mole Man. Galactus, Silver Surfer, Watcher, the Skrulls. Did I even say Doctor Doom? I mean, <laughs> right, you didn't even incredible. have to mention Doctor Doom. Yeah, Submariner. Submariner. Oh, fantastic! They had the best people to fight. Yeah, the Inhumans. Oh, I love the Inhumans. What amazing imagination to come up with those. So Stanley and Kirby had known each other for years, worked together in different ways. They created the Fantastic Four together. Yeah. And by issue 30, then issue 40, like they'd really gotten into a good groove. They're very engaged. They're really interested. When you when you read these issues, like these are not bored, creative right, people. Right. They are into it. They're giving each character a really good, you know, some breathing room and giving them a lot to do and say and their story arcs also can't be contained within one or even two issues. Right. They've got the Inhumans. They create the Inhumans and they go off to whatever the land is where the Inhumans live. That's like six issues. (laughs) They just can't. They've got so many stories and subplots that are all like dovetailing with each other that they, they can't even contain it. And then they get to this point where it's issue 48 and... In my mind, they hit this pinnacle where it's this three-issue arc about Galactus 
and it's the first time that Galactus has ever appeared. Right. The Fantastic Four don't understand what's going on, but suddenly the sky is made of fire. Right. <laughs> All over the Earth, the sky is made of fire, and the people of Earth are panicked. Right. And they think that maybe the Human Torch did it, so they're mad at him. And then the sky... I mean, that's pretty incredible that they think he's so powerful that he could set the whole sky on fire. They don't know. And a few pages later, the sky is entirely made of rocks. Yeah. And it's, it's another mystery. mystery. Like, yeah. why is it like totally made of rocks? And then it turns out that the Watcher has been trying to hide the Earth from Galactus. Right. So he took flame and he coated the Earth with flame. And then he <laughs> right. flame wasn't working, so he took rocks and he tried to hide the Earth beneath this crust of rocks in the sky. But none of it worked. The Silver Surfer still found out that Earth was here and came right. and then brought Galactus. But it, I just, I love the idea of that, that the Watcher's trying to protect us. And the Watcher just seems like Old Testament God, you know? like The Watcher? Yeah, like very participatory. Mm -hmm. He intervenes. And he's dressed like a monk. Right. You know, he's kind of like uh, dressed like a Buddhist monk, except that he's in white. There's a few panels. Kirby really loved to draw... The Human Torch. I mean, he loved... He could draw all these characters so beautifully. But there's a panel in, I think it's issue 49, where the Human Torch goes supernova in order to go into another dimension right. and get the ultimate nullifier. And there's this one panel. I want to make it my Facebook profile image. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Yeah, I love that. The coloring. And I just love how the watch is like, all right, man. Johnny Storm, you are going to go... You're going to see some shit that you nobody shall, has seen. You shall travel by time-space distortion. <laughs> we must force open the very fabric of time itself. Let it be done now. Ah, that's awesome. And he just does it. No hesitation. Yeah. Oh, Johnny. Yeah. yeah Johnny's brave. He's real... You know, some people write him as being like a jerk. But it seems like that was what was unique and amazing about the Fantastic Four right away, that it, he really develops them emotionally, mm -hmm. each character and their relationships. They all have their own unique relationships with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's all developed constantly. Johnny Storm and the Thing have their thing. You know, Sue has his her relationship with all of them that's very unique. And I was really struck by that. You re I felt like I really care about those characters. Yeah. If you're going to have such far-out villains or adversaries, what are you going to... I don't know if Silver Surfer is the villain, but like... One of the things that I thought was kind of interesting was that they got to this point where they'd come up with so many different villains for the Fantastic Four, and they thought, how are we going to top this? Well, we've got to come up with somebody who's basically a god. Right. So they come up with Galactus, and... Rather than having him be evil and just want to conquer the world, Stan was like, well, that's boring. That's, everybody kind of does that. What if he's beyond good or evil and he's just hungry? <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> he's right. Just, and he just wants to devour the energy of worlds. And so, you know, he talked about that with Jack and then the, the drawings come back and Stan sees not only... Galactus, who looks fantastic, 
but also who's this little guy going around on a surfboard? Who's that? And he asks <laughs> right. Jack Kirby and Jack's like, well, I think that anybody who has to go and devour worlds will probably need a herald to go before him to find the worlds for him. And so Stan was like, well, this is, this is great. I love, you know, so Jack Kirby totally comes up with the silver surfer on his own. And then the way he draws him inspires Stan Lee to say, well, he should be more noble than anybody else. I was also thinking that you really see Kirby's massive influence when you compare this to what's going on in Spider-Man. Yeah. Because Spider-Man is, I mean, I don't know every issue, but I know a lot of them. He's not dealing with such cosmic stuff. No, not at all. You're right. I mean, yeah, Kirby was interested in gods. Yeah. He, he was always interested in these huge, you know, literally larger than life characters. And he likes to draw outer space. He's a master of drawing that stuff. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man is like more like what's happening. Does he live in Queens? Yeah, and he's, he's swinging around Manhattan. But the, the things that Kirby's able to bring to it are like the collages. Yeah. It's drawing, but it's there's some photography, and then there's space in the background. Like, he's able to do all kinds of really wild stuff. Spider-Man is just very about being on the planet Earth. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's some down the road. <laughs> you know, everybody becomes like a universe traveler with all these guys. But back then, he's just like, he's worrying about his aunt. Right. He's got the guilt of he killed his uncle. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who thinks that Spider-Man is the most... He's British. I can't do a British accent. But he was like, Spider-Man's the most crap hero ever. <laughs> all he can do, all he can do is swing around Manhattan. You take him out of Manhattan, he's useless. <laughs> it's kind of true. Spider-Man's very conflicted. The thing is conflicted very internally. But no, it doesn't affect anybody else. Mm -hmm. He's go He keeps his crazy shit about how he looks or whatever or whether he's going to have a relationship you know with his girlfriend or where she's going to stay he keeps that to himself mm -hmm. he, he wanders the streets of new york and he tears himself to shreds and he's got all these guys from yancey street that he uh you know doesn't want to see anymore really he's kind of embarrassed to see him yeah but you know, they give him trouble every once in a while. <laughs> they throw cans at his yeah, head. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he wears that hat and the trench coat, like, so no one will see him. It's hiding, hiding from no one, you know. It's kind of too bad that they don't really seem to care much about Sue. They like Reed, Johnny, Ben, yes. Sue, not really. Sue just waits around to take orders from Reed, which and, is too and bad. And the whole thing that she's trying to get his attention when he's trying to save the universe. Yeah. I mean, it's just really backward. But there is, there's a really great little sequence where she gets kind of mad that she can't get Reed's attention for right. a while. And then she goes into, and he's like, he's got a three-day growth of beard. And, <laughs> right. You know, he hasn't left his lab in a while. She's annoyed by Reed. And then she gets in there, and she finds that the Watcher is in his lab. <laughs> right. This, you know, this enormous guy. Yeah. He's been in there for days. Right. She's... He didn't even let his own wife know that the Watcher is there. Right. <laughs> I think like, you know, even though I'm in a, a fairly new relationship, the first thing I'm going to do <laughs> if the Watcher shows up is tell Mary. <laughs> Mary, the Watcher's here. Uatu is here. <laughs> He's Mary. here. Get on the train. 
he's here, man. You know, and will you pick up some Pringles on the way over? <laughs> the watcher wants some Pringles. He's hungry. <laughs> There's a, a great thing that you can find online. Maybe we'll post it to go along with this uh, episode as a picture. But the first time Galactus appeared, the color of his costume was very different than right. it is now. Now he's like this kind of fuchsia. Purple, right? Yeah, but he's very kind of... It's like a fuchsia... Lavender. Periwinkle outfit that he's got on that he's got now and that crazy helmet with like fantastic horns yeah but when they initially drew him he would look like he was uh maybe a boy scout like at a summer vacation (laughs) right he because he he didn't even have a full outfit he had like he was wearing shorts and a kilt right and you could see his legs and you could see his arms and everything like that and he had a big g on his chest for for galactus because just in case you don't know who i am even though i'm the size of a moon here's a g to but you know then they they recolored the comics later it really reminds me, Stan Lee and Kirby remind me of the Beatles. They're just like tapping into this creative thing and they're going crazy with it on the super high quality. And that's how you get like Jim Starlin doing something on Warlock. How could he ever, you couldn't even imagine that 10 years before. Right. It reminds me also of something that you said a couple of weeks ago, which is that the best product got the most love. Yeah. That Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four were the big titles for Marvel. They were the best. And they were written better. The art was better. The ideas were more interesting. And then the other titles fell off pretty quick. You know, the stories in the Avengers are not nearly as interesting as the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Right. Daredevil stories are not nearly as interesting as Spidey. Yeah. One of the other reasons that these issues are so good is the Marvel method of making comics, which was completely different than what DC was doing. DC Comics had... uh, An actual script. Yeah, they were sticking with the way that people had been doing comics for years, which is that a writer would sit and write down a script, give it to the artist, and the artist would get the script into all the word balloons and you would you know really structure the comic like that and the way marvel worked for whatever reason stan lee i think really championed working like this and i think people like jack kirby wanted to work like this is that they would just talk about the idea and they would outline it and they would say i think it should be like this and what if there's a character who does this? And in the end, I hope there's a pirate ship. You know, and they would do, they would come up with an idea and then Kirby would draw a rough sketch of everything and then go back and then they would collaborate on what the script was and Stan would write the words. It again reminds me of the Beatles so much. If you really explore how they created stuff, it's like, who has the best idea? That's what we're running with. Mm-hmm. You know, George Harrison's the guitar player, but all right, he's going to play something else on this because Paul has the better idea for that solo. Mm -hmm. There's so many issues of Fantastic Four which are just chock full of stuff. It's amazing. Is it crammed with ideas? Yeah. You know, so they started in 61 Mm -hmm. and the issues that we just read, 48 to 50 or 66. Mm -hmm. All right, so they're doing one a month 
five years. That's a lot. That's, you know, plus they're doing Thor and Daredevil and Spider-Man and Iron, well, Iron Man, yeah, Iron Man starting in the Hulk, sure. right? And Captain America and the Avengers. I mean, what else? And plus there's, you know, the cowboy books and, and the some romance, romance books. books and like, there's I guess a lot of some monster going out at the stuff. same time, yeah. That's a lot of books. Yeah. And, you know... It's great. He's gotten to live long enough to see how great his legacy is. He's living it. We just saw the Ant-Man movie, yeah. which we both felt was not Stunk. so good. Yeah. <laughs> Stinko. It reeked. it reeked. Oh, my God. Stinko Ant-Man movie. But, like, Stan gets his cameo, like, in every Marvel movie, and he's like, man, this was something I created when I was hanging out on my couch. There's also a lot of, um, I, I'm probably reading too much into this, but there's a lot of Beach Boys stuff in this. There's like the Silver <laughs> Surfer. They're worried Johnny looks like he looks like Al Jardine. Yeah, he looks like Al Jardine exactly. And then uh, <laughs> they're, they're the Fantastic Four riding around on this bike that kind of looks like one of the Beach Boys Hondas. Yeah. And uh, and at the beginning of uh, issue 48, they're really worried about the vibrations are bad. Yeah. Something you may not know It came as news to me I hope you'll all agree It's a new vibration Al Jardine is Johnny Storm Al Jardine No, it isn't my Anything else? I just think everybody should go out and buy a Marvel Masterworks and yeah, read I, those issues. I can't. I've read recently issues fifty-one through fifty-nine, which yep. was a huge amount of the Inhumans. Has that famous one, issue fifty-one? This man, this monster, yeah, which about is the great. Thing, yes. Oh, that's such an awesome book. Is that the one where he's ta been taken over by the uh, that weird guy who zaps his powers? Yeah. You know, but this very emotional, you know, they really make the guys really emotionally, you know, vibrant. And you can really touch them. That's why you love these characters, you know. Except for Sue. They just don't care. They don't give a shit about Sue. I know, not enough. Well, anyway, well, thanks for listening, everybody, to another episode of Grown Ass Men. It's fun to talk about the Fantastic Four. One of my all-time favorites. Join us again for another Grown Ass episode. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Hey.